Hey, it's us, Amanda and Megan. Glad you're here. Grab your juice box. Let's dive right in. Okay. Do you have an update? <laughs> I don't even know if so, I have one. So, um, well, I've just been I've just been working on the house. There's a lot of stuff going on in the house, which is great. It's a first world problem. I'm so grateful. Oh, but what I would like to tell you, I'm in a little bit of a pickle. <laughs> the baby birds in the wreath hatched. Yeah. Did you see that? No. Well, I haven't you? seen them. Have you posted any pictures or no, any video? No, I need to. I'm going yeah. to. I'm a little bit worried, though, because I haven't seen the mother bird in a long time. Oh, no. But I keep peeking over the door, and yeah. they're still alive. Well, I can't figure it out. I'm sure the mom is feeding them at some point. They're growing. Maybe she spends all day searching for food. and Like, like a mother does? Like, oh, um, yeah, like a mother does. And then, oh, Amanda's turned the lights off. I can go yeah. and feed my children now. Yeah, okay. She'll leave me alone. I don't okay. know. She's yeah. probably a very smart mother bird. Oh, she, well, I'm not going to put mean, it actually, past her. She, well, I don't know. She built, she built her nest in a really terrible yeah, spot. That's a good point. I dropped your son off the other day yeah. and he went up and went through the door and just slammed oh. it as hard as he could and I thought, I oh, the birds. No, I know. No, birds. seriously. Every time one of my kids gets through the door, I'm like, don't open the door. <laughs> All of your go other kids back. are trained. Your two yeah. older kids are trained so well and they yeah. go around the back. But your third, when he, I think, oh, we were waiting to pick up mm. your second born for mm. baseball practice. And your third came wandering outside and he was being funny. And then all of a sudden he just slammed the Those door. Baby birds. The birds. I know. What are we? We're gonna be. I don't even know what our life's gonna be when I'm those so birds impressed. are gone. They're well. They're gonna be very resilient little birds yeah. because yeah. of all the they will live forever. They're gonna live forever. Those ladies. What about uh, you? Do you have any birds in your wreath? Oh heavens, no! Oh, no, no, pretty. no! Thank heavens. No, but you know, one of our chickens. Oh, 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 oh! Yes, yes. Go <laughs> tell us about it. I forgot to ask. Ah, one of our chickens went broody, right? Which means it wants to be a mama. Yeah. So bad. Springtime. Uh-huh, I guess. And my husband, who loves researching chickens. <laughs> You're laughing because we know this is true. Uh, he decided that he would go get some fertilized eggs. And put them underneath this chicken and see if, you know, she'll become a mama. Because in something that he read in some of his research, it said, if you want to take care of a broody hen, give her eggs to sit on. Mm -hmm. So he got on our local equivalent of Craigslist, right? KSL. And there were people, multiple people, advertising fertilized chicken eggs I'm for shocked. sale. So for $2 a piece. Oh, that's it? That's it. What a steal. $2 a piece. He drove 30 minutes south mm -hmm. and got these three eggs and brought them back and just sat them underneath this hen. And she's been sitting on them for two weeks now. So 14 days. So you have one more another week. Another week. Yeah. Like okay. another week and maybe a day or two. But he in... The meantime, has built a like a nesting box just for her with her own food and her own water and her own like stuff to scratch in and sit in. Yeah, this lady is living right. Oh, she wanted to be broody. She's like, I know what happens when I get broody and I'm doing it. Right. Well, all the other hens had better not get any ideas. Oh man. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens. But she's living living the good life back there. He tonight. Uh huh. Tonight. Okay. I walked into the backyard and he's like kneeling down in front of the little oh. pen that she's in huh? and he's giving her water. Like making <gasps> out of sure his hands? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't see it. 
looked like it though in my mind. In my mind, that's how I was picturing it. He's just like, she's like the chickens lapping up water from its hands. Chickens don't even do that. But I was dying. That is. So I don't know. Good. I don't think you. I think he was like holding the water. That is near so her. good. But he's like, yeah, I read the broody hens can die sitting on their eggs because they'll like not get up for water and food. And the whole time I'm just thinking, oh, I don't know. Chickens have taken care of themselves for many moons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of years. yeah. Like, I I question how necessary this okay. is. <laughs> this is good. He's just loving it so Just much. let him have it. Let him I have know. it. I that know. is so cute. I, that is <laughs> so like a little, cute. Like a little chicken dad. I mean, Bingo was loving living at your house. You know, Bingo used to be mine. And I'm telling you, when she was brooding, I was like, hey, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do, but it's I so don't know. Cute. I think it's so I cute know. that so, he's doing that. I like, think it's darling. Well, the kids are excited and hope that they'll get some, yeah. some chicks out of this deal. But yeah. also another bird note, because we basically live in an aviary now. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> the other day we got a text message from our next door neighbors okay. with a picture of a giant hawk <gasps> with a dove in oh. its talons sitting on their deck. Oh, and I don't, your next door neighbor? Right next door. Yeah. Oh, no. And they were like, just so you know, it's like eyeing your chickens. It's hunting and season. And it flew up into the tree right above <gasps> the chickens and had its way with the dove because there were feathers Ew. everywhere. Oh. Just feathers. There was no, like, no carnage other than feathers but there were feathers everywhere in our yard and they said the hawk was like watching the chickens but they also said all of our chickens went into the run so they're not the dumbest birds ever they know pretty close but yeah yeah Yeah, they knew that there was danger nearby and they went into their run but it makes me nervous for those little chicks with all these hawks around you're gonna be no you gotta be careful i i don't think a hawk could pick up a full-grown chicken it might try, but they're like, they're pretty big. Yeah. So I wonder if it was sizing them up. Mm. I also am curious if the hawk, the there's a huge hawk that lives in the tree in front of my house. Whoa. And I wonder if it's the same hawk because mm. I can hear it. That's <laughs> beautiful though i can hear it make it sound when it's I you can know tell you yeah. studied that sound I, well, I hear it all the time and i can see it fly out my window and i have worried about my chicks because they're not mm. full grown yet so right. keep an eye keep an eye on those ladies i will well, i my saw hus- my husband well yeah, i won't have yeah, to. your husband will take care of it <laughs> i did see a hawk once pick up a bird in my backyard Whoa. and same thing it was feathers everywhere it, yeah. it like swooped down and picked it up and yeah. it they're not friendly okay question yeah do the hawks eat these birds yeah, yeah, they're carnivores. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know a lot about hawks, but anyway, that was really something. Oh, really wow. something. So, uh, there's our bird update. A little dive down <laughs> aviary lane. We also have children, but they don't. They're not as important. <laughs> <laughs> they're not sitting on eggs. No, no, they're not doing anything useful right now. <laughs> well, that is hilarious. Well, not speaking of birds, this is totally unrelated. We're going into our next topic, which is seasonal parenting mm-hmm. of. Kids and tweens. Yes. Which is ages, what did we decide? Ages five through 12. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, yeah there's some wiggle room. Yeah. But we um, decided to call in some experts of this season of life. And we asked them our three favorite questions. What is the best part of this season? What's the hardest part of the season? And what's a core memory from this season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, so let's dive into our first interview 
with our friend Belize. Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. So we are talking about kids and parenting in specific seasons, right? And this episode is focused on parenting kids between the ages of 5 and 12, 13. Kind of like the kids' tweens phase. And you are very strongly in that phase. So tell us all where you live and the ages and genders of your kids. Okay. I live in San Clemente, California. I have four kids. Youngest is five. She's a girl. Then I have a nine-year-old girl, an 11-year-old boy, and a 13-year-old girl. Oh, so all four of your kids are like, whoa. So I was thinking earlier today, are we going to call this the child raising season? Because kind of before that, mm-hmm. don't you feel like you're in the child bearing season? Like you're like, I have all these babies. Now Belize is really in this like raising season. Like it is my time mm. to raise you guys. Do you feel like that is kind of the season right now? For sure. Razor, kind of rounder upper. Mm. <laughs> like, trying to find my children, like where where which house are they at? You know, like, kind of like shep- what's the what's the um, shepherd? Like the herder. Shepherd. Right, the herder. The herder. I am the just trying to make sure you like count your ducklings, make sure they're all there. Whereas before it really was, they were always attached to you. They were like your appendages, right? They were on your hip or right in front of you or at your feet. And now I feel like in this phase, they're off doing their things, hanging with friends and in sports. And so I'm just trying to wrangle and herd them. And make sure they all come home at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus. Yeah, well, when they're little, right, they are so dependent on their parents. And now you've hit a phase, it seems like, where all of your kids suddenly want to be more independent. Mm Mm-hmm. And Yeah, they have tribes now. They want to go hang out with their tribes. At least the older two. Do you know what I mean? Like, my 13-year-old is, she's full-blown 13 going on 17. And I feel like... She loves her family, but she, her tribe or her people, her crew that she hangs out with is so important to her. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, I sense I'm second string to that, right? Which mm-hmm. is fine. I think part of the, the process of tweenhood, <laughs> you know, like it's just, they'll come around back to the parents, but, um, whereas, and that's Dane, my son, and for Eve too, it's, it's very much that way they come home from school they wash their hands they (laughs) eat a snack and then they're off doing something else um whereas my younger two it's you know they're relying on me still but I'm I'm still their play date organizer right like if they're a play date I'm I'm there with them or I organize it but the older two are they're old enough to kind of organize things on their own and I'm just the 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 approver <laughs> mm. Mom, group of my play date. Can I go? I'm like, okay, have fun. Be home at you know, this time. What age do you think um, that switch from like, I don't know, I I don't know, I don't know the word, but at what age do you find your kids are all of a sudden like, I just want to go be with my friends or I want to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. You have these two that are already doing it, but kind of think back a few years. When did your o- oldest daughter start saying, okay? Mom, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with so and so. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think it starts in middle school. And some, like, our middle school starts at sixth grade. So that's why I started sensing it. Seventh grade, we're, like, full-blown. They have their tribes. Because sixth grade, they spent finding their tribes. Hmm. Right? I call them tribes. They're just their friend crew. (laughs) But um, they're really dedicated to that crew, right? And so it's a tribe to me. But, um... I'd say seventh grade, they find it. And that's when it really starts. Sixth grade, you start to feel some sense of, you know, trying to figure it out. And then, but then my son who's in fifth grade, he's definitely off on his own. I think it depends on where you live too. Cause I wouldn't say that if we were still in Chicago, it would have been the same. Whereas here, the culture is very much like kids on bikes everywhere. Right. And they have transportation for themselves. Whereas in Chicago, you could walk, but I don't know, it's a little different vibe. Mm-hmm. And if, depending on, right. Um, no one wants to go walk to their friends. No, but I was still um, send my kids. There's a blizzard guys. Good luck in your friend's house. Or you can stay home with mommy. Where <laughs> I've got hot chocolate and snuggles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so I would say probably fifth grade, sixth grade, you start to see it. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Well, good to know. Something to look forward to. Yeah. We still got time. Yeah. Well, well I do. You yeah, don't. I don't. I don't. Sixth grade's I've next got, year. So yeah, I've got plenty of time. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that <laughs> does actually, that makes me want to move to California though, just to yeah. have that opportunity to let your kids just go. Because even where we live, we can't. We're not quite to that point in our neighborhood. Our neighborhood wouldn't allow it. Like, even if we did it, our neighborhood would not allow it. Yeah. How are are all the parents really chill about your kids just roaming the neighborhood? No one is concerned. There are no, like, people calling the I mean, cops. Yeah. <laughs> CPS. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But like I said, I personally am not comfortable sending my anything like for Dane, he's my fifth grader. He's he's the youngest I would send out on his own, but I won't send him very far, mm. right? And I don't at night. I don't like having him ride his bike at night, even when there's a light on the bikes. It's you could, but I'm not comfortable. And then as they get older into Eve's age, like a thirteen, then I, you know, I'm feeling more and more comfortable with it. But it, I don't. And then my nine year old, I'd be like, no, absolutely not. They're usually outside doing something that whether we need it, whether they're at the park or someone's house or at the pool or everything's like outdoorsy there. Mm. I don't know. Does Owen isn't like running around on bikes? No, 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 not here. No, he has a bike. He will ride his bike, but they can't just ride. Our streets are too busy. They can't just get on his bike and ride to a friend's house. Plus one of his closest friends lives like a mile away. Yeah. So it would just be, and across busy, busy streets. So no, they, yeah. we still, I still have to organize play dates for lack of better words. I mean, we don't call them that anymore for him. It's like, oh, you want to yeah. go hang out? <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to the mom and we'll figure it out. But yeah, it's, it's a play date. The hangout. It's a hangout, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm learning so much already. <laughs> okay. Well then keeping in mind this season of parenting, what is the hardest part of having all of your kids these ages right now? Okay, I was thinking about this one. I 
I think there's a lot that's hard about this part, right? Now. <laughs> but I think the hardest, I don't know, it's, it's just, hmm. I'd say the hardest part is probably that each child is different for me. So I have, I feel like I'm constantly switching a switch on and off all the time. Like, okay, I'm in now my 13 year old mode. Now I'm in 11 year old mode. Now I'm in nine year old mode. Now I'm in five year old mode. And it's just like, there are some consistencies across each age group or ages, but I feel like I can't, I have, yeah, not only are they different ages, but they're different personalities. Like I have a type A, I have a kid who would lose his head if it wasn't attached to him. Mm. And, it, you know, like I just have all these super different personalities that I have to react differently to based on, depending on how they decisions they make and then I have to react to that in a certain way because some are more sensitive than others some respond differently to certain reprimands you know like and I'm just I think that's the hardest part is switching on and off between the ages (laughs) yeah and it's probably more magnified in your season of life rather than mine where I've got all these little kids at home because in this season they are aware they they react they respond like I can kind of get away with treating all three of my younger kids the same because they like aren't emotionally mature enough to pick up that I'm treating them like the same kid. But I mean, that's something that's different about yours is that all your kids are now to the point where emotionally they're mature enough to see the differences and to, um, respond, respond to how you are treating them. Whereas my kids don't respond yet. Other than they don't know, they don't have a choice throwing a carrot at me. And then I'm like, well, what now? Like, <laughs> you know, so that is an interesting aspect of, of your season of life. It's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Any day now. What's really crazy too, is you don't really recognize it's all, it's, it's, it's my heart and you have your heart cause you're in that season. But you, I just, when, before I was in this season, I felt like, you know, other things now that look, seem less hard to me were so hard to me then, right? Because that was my heart then. And, you know, but now it's it's a different heart. It's it's a little, and what's harder is I feel like as you go on, and from what I know, from once I hit, like, when I hit the teenagers, like high school, that's like a whole other, that's the next phase, right? That's the next step that you have to take. So mm-hmm. I'm in that part. But as you get older and they get older and they start to phase into this new phase, it's, it's harder emotionally and it's harder mentally because you're, I don't know, having a carrot thrown at you is less, and then it was really hard. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, I'll take that any day because I'd right. rather have that than this, you know, tiff over um, what shoes to get and how, you know, or my kids can't stand each other touching each other in the car, you know, and it's just like, do you really have to play this game? <laughs> like, or like how many times are we still playing this game since when you were five? And, you know, I'm like, are we really doing this still R- again? Okay. Right, so we, we are. Is this, is this a, a, like, is this, are we, is this something that we should all look forward to? You know, when our yeah. oldest are 12, 11, 10, it still happens. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Awesome. That was good for me to hear. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah, prepare so now. I thought it was going to be fixed and we kind of move on to other things. This sounds super like a negative. I promise motherhood. I love it. It's just like, there's a part of this is we're talking about the worst part, right? So this would be the worst part is that I just feel like we, 
we ma- I thought we were making such good progress. <laughs> again, for like the millionth time, you know, and it's like, all right, do you remember when you were three and I told you to pick up your underwear off the, clo- the floor? Okay, cool. Please pick up your underwear. 13 year old, you know, and it's just like, are we really doing this again? <laughs> Well, that comforts me. That's yeah, good. That's some good foresight. Hmm. Yes. Can't wait. Just keep saying, stop touching your brother for the next 10 years. Keep your hands to yourself. Jeez. Okay. Well, you said you wanted, you didn't want to say or focus on the hard things. So let's focus on the best part of this season of parenting. What do you love about having your kids these ages? So I think the best part about this is because they can respond more because we've had so many, so much more emotional bonding over the years, we are at another level, you know? And so when the times are good, they're really good. You know, like where it's, they become like these little creatures that I hang out with to like my best friends. I like how she even used her hands. These little creatures, (laughs) these little octopuses. I was thinking chickens. (laughs) These little chicks that I just gather under my wing over here. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, they just become like your your buddies, you know, which then I think is even harder now that I'm thinking about the head when they're in high school because you become best friends with them and then they leave you, you know, and you're like, oh man, like what happened? You know, so it's So I feel like I'm in the middle phase, like we're bonding, we're creating this relationship, we're having fun together, right? Because like my kids are all of the age where we can surf and we can be out in the water together, we can bike and we're, you know, we're doing fun things, we're skiing, I'm doing roller coasters with them, like really great adulting things, like big kid things. And it's so fun. I love it. And then they're going to leave me one day, but we're staying positive. So, but then they'll come back because yeah. as you were saying that I thought they for high school think about all of us like you in high school you kind of like get some distance or you need some distance from your family and maybe a little bit in college but then don't you feel like in your early adult years I feel like a lot of us always come back because we're like oh I I really do want to hang out with my mom or I- yeah well and the fact that Belize you're saying like we're creating these really good emotional relationships these healthy relationships now not just in preparation for high school but also for later in life so yeah they yeah. will want to come back because now seems like a really great time to focus on those relationships and that like kind of emotional maturity yeah well, and I think I think they will also stick around because your family does have hobbies. Mm-hmm. I think you should talk more about the hobbies that you and your family have because mm-hmm. kids stick around when there are productive, healthy hobbies as a family. Am I saying that the right way? But am I saying that the right way? Well, yeah, yeah. When you have that commonality, that something that is unique to your family that yes. everyone can do. Yep. I do think there's it's something like when, about that that like strengthens your relationships. Yeah. It's like when people here in Utah get a pool. Like everyone gets a pool and they when their kids are teenagers. So that like as a family, everyone's here. So you have your own pool. We call it the Pacific Ocean. Why don't you talk to us about that? Pacific <laughs> Ocean is a great one. It's very large. No maintenance cards just show up and you surf. No, it's been good. I my husband grew up surfing. I um as a middle schooler pretended to surf. And then 
finally came around this past year to start surfing myself. It's my little, little middle school self internally is just, you know, so joyful and gleeful because she's finally getting her shot to surf. And we've been teaching, Matt, my husband's been teaching the kids and they all just love it. And what I love about surfing mostly is when they're out there, they're out there and they're just floating and they, they can't be on their phones. They're one with nature and it's just so fun. And I just, Love it. We're still working on the fifth one to come out with us. She's a little bit fearful of the ocean, but oh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah we're going to get there. <laughs> She's going to get there. Um, but the rest of them will just go out there. And honestly, the ocean babysits them, too. It's great. You know, you can, like, they know their water safety, and they stay close, and they're on their boards, and they're surfing away. And, and it's just so fun to be out there together as a family because they're not connected to any other devices or anything. Like, there really is conversations out there. There's camaraderie out there with all the other people that also don't, are on devices, you know? So you're talking to random people floating out there, and they're like, go, 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 you got this. This is your wave, you know? And, um, it's, and it's so fun to see them learn a skill and then accomplish it. You know, and like kind of, you know, be it's a little rough at first as they're learning it. Like there's nothing more traumatizing than being dishwashed in the waves. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make it, but they get back out there and they try again. And so it's really good for them. But, but yeah, you know, you're right. I think you made a good point with hobbies. I think it's like family traditions, right? Like family traditions are super uh, unique to your family and they, 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 um, they form like a bond, right. For your family of like a, a foundation for your family. Like, what do we believe in? What do we like who we are as a family? And I feel like hobbies really do create that for us. So I would say surfing is one skiing is the other. Um, and camping or backpacking, whatever mm. map for us. Yeah. Yeah. You love we to just... camp and backpack, Megan. That's so fun. That could be one of your family hobbies too. <laughs> My husband's trying. He's trying really hard to make that a family hobby. But it is interesting that in all of those activities, you really do need to have older kids, right, in order to do that. And so I think that that forming hobbies really does speak to this phase of parenting because you've moved beyond the, like, let's just survive, get through the day, make sure everyone survives through the day, and move on to the next, to the point where you actually can start relaxing a little bit and enjoying that time as a family and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, what do we want to create as our family culture and our traditions and our hobbies? And it's kind of a fun bonus to this season of parenting. As, as Belize was talking, I was thinking to myself, what could we pick up? But I, I cannot think of one single thing because I've got these two, what are you going to say? I've got these two (laughs) young kids. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Chickens. Oh, well, that's showing that's chickens. Hobby. Yeah, like have them join Chicken FFA showing? or like 4 H and show chickens. What are you saying? <laughs> Get some baby goats. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Okay, so final question because we don't want to keep you that long and we want your kids to like go get ready for bed so you can have a couple minutes to yourself. What is a core memory from this phase of parenting that you never want to forget? Oh, do you know when? I was thinking about that. I thought there's kind of like a memory. There's two parts. One, I feel like there's a memory for, because the phase of parent, the ages we're talking are between five and 13, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want to never forget for my, like, can I tell you individually? Yeah. You yes. can, you well, can tell us whatever you want. 
there's there's an individually and then there's like a as a whole so for my five-year-old i never want to forget her like monkey wrapping herself around me like hugging you know like i just i'm it's so sad when like she's the last one that can do that and i just love picking her up and she just wraps herself like a monkey around me and she's small enough to do that still right and then the nine-year-old i just i just love how one i love her teeth how they're like spaced apart like crazy (laughs) (laughs) and and still has and she did no care in the world right could really care less about she's like untouched like she's still so little mentally physically she just she's not been tainted by the by the older world right like she's just so innocent and sweet and so fun and then my 11 year old uh i don't know that's what the older ones are a little trickier (laughs) why do you think it's tricky trickier to come up with something for the older kids i think it's because they're the hardest of this phase for me to think of something that I don't want to forget because I quite honestly kind of want to forget some of the stuff. Uh-huh. But, then my, but then, you know what, Matt had a good point because I asked him the same question and he's much more insightful than I am. But he said, he was like, he said that one of his core memory that he doesn't, he, I guess what he thinks is worth it about this phase of parenting, so maybe not so much a core memory, but what core memory, but what maybe his favorite part about this is you have put in so much effort and then when you get that moment where it's like clicked in their head and it's worked even if it is just one time and then the next time they go back revert back to their old ways it's like oh you get it like you understand like we've we are now on the same page just for this moment and it's so nice because you've put in all those years right of hard work into like growing them into this decent human being and a society contributing human being and and then you're like and you see them out in their little world outside of you doing what you taught them and you're like hey like mm-hmm. learning right there she's learning and she's doing it all on her own and like fly little birdie fly you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that for that hot second and then usually it goes back to normal but but those moments are so worth it like you know like you work your butt off and then and you take deep breaths through parenting and then you see this little moment like this, the cloud breaks, you yeah. know, <laughs> like unicorns. And then, <laughs> oh, okay, this is great. Like it's actually working, you know, and so it just makes kind of like a a jump start to like keep going, like keep working at it, like yeah. something in. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me when your kids are littler, you get more of those parent paydays more often, right? Because they're just easier to kind of malleable yeah manipulate yeah (laughs) oh for sure but when they get older I don't think you get those parenting paydays as often because they're away from you more but Mm -hmm. when you do get those paydays doesn't it seem like it's so much bigger or like it just pays off more if that makes sense or it's more valuable you just it means a lot more when you finally do see those moments yeah and I think also no that's a good that's a good um phrase parent payday because I think that you're also it's worth it now more because you're really in the thick of it right the things that you are teaching them now are super malleable this is not just like picking up their clothes for them you know this is like real legit stuff life skills skills like real skills and like how to be a decent human and like this will forever change their 
their future. I also think at this time of phase, they're also being, they're a sponge to everything else around them. So not only are you trying to form them into this human that you would love for them to be and you see their potential, but you're also fighting against outside stuff too, right? Yeah. Like, no, your friend did this, but I'm going to like, I'm going to teach you now what you should do, you know? And it's mm-hmm. just like this constant battle, which means it's harder and so, therefore, it's more rewarding when the cloud breaks. <laughs> you see your hard work, success, you know? Well, and I think, I think maybe your two older kids, too, you get to the tween season, and don't you feel like it is just, like, constantly evolving? You know, as you were talking about that, I just kept thinking, it's change. Like, when there are these little kids up to, like, you know, you said your, your other daughter's nine, you still, there's not a lot of change happening in their life because you're still kind of like in charge of it. Once they get to your son's age, like 11, they're physically, they are changing so fast. Yeah. Their friends are kind of changing a lot. And because of school and all those things, they're just changing. So you said this very early on in our conversation, it almost just feels like you have to pivot all the time and you're like in all these different directions and I wonder if that's why it's hard to focus on on the good of of these two older kids right now because it's just like constantly changing it's like where am I looking what am I doing you know does it feel that way a hundred percent yeah no it does it really does and I feel like as a parent something I'm always trying to work on now is rewarding and and pointing out the good that's something that I'm always trying to work on because I constantly feel like I'm pointing out like, Kate, you got to do this. You got to do this. And I just feel like this broken record all the time because when they were little, it was like, remember, and like my voice is different with little ones. Like Mm -hmm. everything as they get older and become more mature, I feel like I can treat them more like adults and they should be right. If they're someone told me once, if they're old enough to form the question, they deserve the answer. Right. So Oh. If they could form this question and I, I should respond to them in an adult way. So therefore my voice is more adult with them in general. Right. And, and then my voice changes. And so, yeah, you go ahead. Well, no, the only thing after that is what is your, you said you had a family core memory or like a, something you didn't want to forget as a family. It was a fa- oh, family core memory, like an activity or like an event or like just, a time you were all laughing at the table or a time you were all surfing together or, you know, just something you were like, oh, that was a really fun moment for us. I think we've had, I mean, we've been blessed with a lot, I'd say. But one of the more recent ones that I would love to remember forever is we were backpacking in the Sierra Nevadas. And this was like a particularly our hardest backpacking trip. Usually Matt plans the backpacking trip and then we just all blissfully arrive. (laughs) Unaware just of what is happening. (laughs) And which is good. It's better for me not to know what is ahead. Um, And we, we've hiked seven miles and then I was carrying my five-year-old and there's no one, when you're backpacking, there's no one else around. And it's just so, it's so beautiful to like be out with everyone, just sorry, not ever meaning your family with no one around. There's no other distractions. And there was the next day we hiked another four, four miles 
and we got to this lake where we spent the night there and had like a day, a rest day. And the lake was cold and it was crisp and it was right against this giant um, cliff. And it was just beautiful. Like we just like my five-year-old skinny dipped. <laughs> she really skinny dip and I was like, girl, this is, this is when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Out here, go, you know? And, um, then, and we all just like jumped in in our skivvies and, you know, like just had like the best time enjoying nature and we were just chatting and we, my son brought his fishing pole and it was just one of those like quiet moments with nothing else around. And I'm like, okay, this is why we do this. Like, this is why we spend time together as a family so we can remember these moments and talk about these moments and think, I think just like we with families, when we have our, our hobbies, you have your memories too of these moments as families. Right. And so like we've traveled a ton as a family, we've been, we've moved a lot. Megan knows this, but we've moved a ton. Um, and every time you move it, I know it, it sounds chaotic and it is chaotic, but I feel like because we move so often, we had to rely on each other as a family so much. So have a lot of memories together because we were each other's best friends. Every time we moved to somewhere new, right? Like that's all we had. That's all that's anyone that's all we had. And then um because we had those memories, especially with traveling to when we were living in Ireland and stuff, I felt like we just we weren't just they weren't hanging out with friends, they were hanging out we were hanging out with each other. So we like I always tell my kids, you have five best friends. It's your family. So worst case scenario You've got five here at home, and that's if that's all you have, and that's all you have, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool because just like you know those those memories that you build through these kind of quiet family moments, whether it's traveling, whether it's backpacking, whether it's surfing together, like whatever hobby that can be in hobbies, you know, like just when it's you and your family, like those are bonding and strengthening for us because we will talk about those memories mm -hmm. too. And those are kind of like those are core family memories that we start to build up and, and collect in our brains, right? And we can still talk about the time that we were in Boston and, you know, Dane was scootering and whatever. I don't, I can't even think of one right now, but it was just like these little funny moments or remember the time, remember the time. And like to do that as a family is so rewarding mm -hmm. versus hearing about them with friends doing it, you know, like it's yeah. different. I want to hear, you know, you want to build those memories together as a family. So I think that, did I answer your question? I think that was absolutely <laughs> a beautiful that answer a to that question. Answer. Yeah. Yes. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about, I gotta, I gotta go make some we memories. Have, we have a lot to reflect on actually with this. No, <laughs> you better go make some memories. Because we are right on the edge of this phase of parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're like, we're learning a lot from you. We're gleaning a lot of knowledge and really making mental notes of things that really should be elevated of an importance of what we should be doing with our families. So no, yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I don't mean to get too deep there, but this series of episodes and interviews are doing because I, for a long time have like, always more I'm, I'm kind of mourning not having any more babies right like I'm like oh I'm done 
but I'm so sad. I don't know if I'm going to be happy with older kids. Like I, I just love babies so much. So I actually really enjoy talking to parents in different seasons and different phases because everyone says it and you kind of just said this yourself. Every season has its like little nuggets of just pure joy and pure happiness and the things that make it worth it. And mm-hmm. when you get to your season of life, you can just experience different things that give you very unique memories. And, and it, it gives, it helps me like be okay with, okay, our family's done. Now it's time to like go skinny dipping together. And that's going to be a riot. <laughs> yeah, well, Have fun with that. Yeah. Considering my, my, that can be your core memory. Yeah. Yep. I, that'll be really fun. It'll be good. Well, Belize, Thank you. This has just been so fun and you're doing such a beautiful job with those kids. And if it's okay with you, we'd like to post a picture of you and your family when this episode comes out. So your choice. Yeah. 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 Send us, send us whatever (laughs) you'd like. But, um, this has just been such a pleasure. We are so grateful that you take the time to talk to us. Thanks for asking. I told Megan that I felt honored to even be asked. So I appreciate it. Okay. Go put those kids to bed. We will talk to you in a little bit. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you. Talk to you later. That was delightful. I hope that our listeners were taking copious notes because I was. Mm -hmm. There was a lot to think about in the wisdom that she shared. And I always like talking to people about specific things like this because it actually kind of recenters me. Don't you feel like I I personally get caught up in like the season that we're in Mm -hmm. and then I hear someone talk about it differently and I'm always like, okay, no, 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 recenter. Yeah. focus, you got it. So yeah. I really enjoyed that that interview. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so now let's go talk to Emily, our friend Emily, mm-hmm. who man, is there's, wonderful. There's so much to say. I, I can't even decide what I want to say. There's so much to say. She does it all. Yeah. And she does it well. And, and with a smile on her face. Always. Spot on. And she is an expert too. I consider her an expert in my life. So let's get into our interview with Emily. Well, we, we're all moms and we don't have time to, we don't, we don't have all night. Neither, (laughs) the three of us don't, we all have stuff to do. So we're going to dive right into it. If that's okay. Does that work for you? That is perfect. (laughs) Okay. So Emily, please tell our listeners, let's see, tell us uh, who you are. Tell us a little bit about your kids and your family. And maybe tell us a little bit about like you outside of your family, what you like to do, a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so my name's Emily Ferguson, and I am a mom of seven kids. And I had our first six kids in 10 years, and then my baby came four years later. And so they're all pretty close. And I just love them. Like, they're the joys of my life, you know, and um, I just feel really lucky to have them. And when COVID happened, we started homeschooling our kids. So my oldest two are, are still at the high school, but everyone else we homeschool. And that's been really fun. It's been an adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, and then outside of like my home, like my kids, um, I feel really lucky because I am married to my best friend and he's really supportive of all my craziness. And um, I have a degree in film and I love acting and gardening and I don't know just adventuring I love Disneyland I'm a huge Disneyland nerd and uh Paris nerd I those are my two places and that's (laughs) why she and I are good friends yeah yes I see that (laughs) 
you have, let's see, how many kids right now do you have between the ages of five and 12? Is that what we said, Megan? Yeah, five and 12. Five and 12. How many of your kids are between five and 12 right now? Okay, so that would be Chief, Captain, um, let's see, Chief, Captain, Mini, and Farrah. So I have four. Four. Okay, so this is why we called you because you are in, even though you have teenagers at home and a baby at home, the majority of your kids are in the kids and tweens season. And we are seeking experts on kids and tweens. So we called you. (laughs) Yes, you seem very qualified. Well, I'm in process. I'm not an expert. I'm learning day by day, minute by minute, but I'm happy to answer some questions. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a humble expert. So let's dive in. So Emily, what is the best part of this season of Kids and Tweens? Oh, man. So like I said, we love going to Disneyland. And when we go, when we're in line for rides, we'll always say, who's your ride buddy? Like, who are you riding this ride with? And so my favorite part of the season is I get to be their ride buddy through life. And I just love, I don't know, just each day, like it's, you know, ups and downs and tears and laughter. And I just love, I get to be the one on this ride with them, that they share their dreams, their fears, things that they think are funny or silly. I just love being on this ride with them. That's the best part. That's very, oh, I love that. And I never even thought about it as a roller coaster, but it actually feels that way a yeah. lot of the days. <laughs> well, it's such a great age yeah. to ride on a roller coaster with, right? Yes. Because they're still young enough that you get to see all of their emotions. They're not holding a lot of it back yet. Mm. They're not as aware or hiding it as much as maybe some teenagers do. They're just still yeah. so much pure joy and fun, but they're old enough that you can have that fun, that kind of a little elevated adventure with them maybe. Yeah, no, it's so true. Spot on. Mm. Love it. That's so fun. Well, so if that's the highlight, what is one of the hardest parts of the kids and tweens season? For some people that haven't been there yet, what's some advice or what's the hardest part? I think the hardest part, and this is probably true no matter what age they are, but it's seeing things come into their life that makes them doubt their self-worth or doubt their identity of like who they are. That and, and the things that come into their life can be lots of different things. It can be peers, um, it can be media, social media, just different experiences they have in life where maybe things didn't work out how they thought it should. So just anything that gets them to doubt like their self-worth, that's the hardest part. That seems to be a constant hurdle hmm. that you kind of have to help your kids with. But it's really amazing though to see them encounter those things and then to like rise to the challenge and like overcome it and realize, nope, I am who I am and I am good enough just the way I am. And that brings so much joy and just peace of heart to, um, to me. So, yeah. That would be hard. That would be hard for me too. Now I'm just thinking about what you said. You try and set them up for success and inevitably they will grow on their own and they will experience hard things on their own. Just, that's just part of, part of the world. But I never thought about it as like the bystander to that, watching them. Have you, um, are there any experiences in particular with your kids that you felt like were real moments of growth with them? You know, homeschooling, do you run into, (laughs) to, you know, the same issues that maybe you would with friends at public school? Or do you find that there's similar things just in different ways? 
Yeah, so I feel like I feel like with homeschool, my kids have been able to keep their ticker bounce longer. Because at public school, with my older two that were in it, public school, like forever, um, that ticker bounce kind of gets squashed out of kids in terms of you sit still, you're quiet, you don't talk until I tell you to raise your hand. And I, I just feel like a lot of that creative enthusiasm gets kind of stifled a little bit. Um, so in, in homeschool, and maybe we're a little crazy, but there's a lot of ticker bounce going on, which is great. Like I love that. I love seeing that in them. Um, in terms of like the self-doubt situations, like yeah, like I think that happens no matter where you are. I don't think you can protect your kids from it. It just you know, it happens in homeschool, like maybe, you know, this, you know, a math um, assignment was really difficult and they start thinking, oh, I'm not good at this. And you have to help the, help them look at it and realize, no, it's, we're learning it. It's not that you're bad at it, we're learning it. And you're never good at something until you're really bad at it first and then eventually become good at it. Um, and yeah, like social things, you know, with friends, like there's always instances where they feel like, oh, my friends, you know, didn't invite me or, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, as much as we try to limit screens, like there's media and there is social media and stuff all the time. So it's just kind of one of those constant battles, I think, mm. of just trying to help your kids remember this is who you are. Like you are good and we love you just the way you are. Like I love Mr. Rogers so much. Every morning oh, same. <laughs> I'm gonna totally embarrass my kids. But every morning I sing to them, um, you are my friend, I like you, you are my children, I love you. There is nobody else like you, you are special, just the way you are. And I just Mr. Rogers, he has the best messages, and like that's the truth. Like I yes. love you just the way you are, mm. and that's part of it. That's beautiful. Very well said. Have you ever heard someone use the word Tigger Bounce before? No, but I love no. that. It's such a great adjective oh. for kids. <laughs> I never even thought about it, but that was that's a spot on. That's perfect. Oh. And wait, for the record, Emily, I have yeah. seen your children who have the Tigger Bounce, but also they sit still like they're always so well behaved. Sometimes I'm like, children, are you looking at the Fergusons up there? Look at them sit still. You can sit still too. So somehow there's some like magic fairy dust in that home because if they have the Tigger Bounce and can sit still, I don't know what's happening over there, but I need some of it. I'm blown away. Oh, man. You're too nice. I don't know. I don't know. No, you're doing I, a good I don't job. Know. Maybe they're bouncing too much at home. So when we get there, they're like, okay, we're ready to sit. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish that was the case in my house. <laughs> okay, Emily, last question. What yes. is a core memory from this phase of parenting that you always want to remember? Man, that's like the impossible question because, <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, with all, each kid, like it's just this roller coaster ride. Like the whole thing is so precious and I wouldn't change one thing about it. And I wouldn't trade one minute of it. Um, but if you want just like a specific little story, what happened today, we were at, um, this is the Pace Monument and they were having races and they split the kids all into age groups. And so Chief, in his age group, he got first place. And after he finished the race, there's this little boy who was from a different age group who was crying because he didn't win. 
And so Chief took off his first place medal and gave it to this little boy. Mm. And that was, I was just like, oh, yes, like you get it. And I just was so proud. So that was one of the moments. But that's, I mean, this whole ride of life is filled with moments like that or moments when you you see them apologize because they made a mistake or you know just just watching them grow but i think the best thing my favorite thing is just seeing them pick our family mm. and pick christ to be their right buddy seeing them choose each other that's the oh man there's nothing better than that yeah well it seems that you have put all of these years of teaching and modeling and effort and love into raising them. And now again, they're finally at that age where you start to see the payoff. You start to see those little glimpses of, oh, they get it. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, like when they're little, I mean, there's nothing better than baby and toddler snuggles. Like, I love that. But yeah, as they start to grow older and you see their little personalities bloom and you see their ideas and you see how they respond and how they react in different situations, and you do see like, oh, like, yes, like it's, yeah, it's paying off. It's great. You're doing great, mama. You really are. Oh, well, sorry, you guys. We're all in it together, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that an invitation to sing High School Musical? We're all in this together. Your Utah showing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, it always shows, Megan. It always shows. Well, on that, we, we went from a high note to a real low note right there. But it's time to put this baby to bed. No more singing from my part. <laughs> Or mine, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for talking to us. We will circle back with you some other time. Okay, thanks so much. I love you both. Love, love you too. Show. Good night, Emily. Good night. Talk to you soon. All right. I cannot wait to put all of the things we have learned into practice. Well, and there is something to be said about hearing how other parents parent. Mm -hmm. I learn a lot from watching other families and I learn a lot from having conversations like this. And it, it, it puts a new pep in my step. It gives me a tigger bounce. <laughs> it gives me a tigger yeah. bounce. Well, and I love the perspective, right? As we speak to each parent, it really does put each season into perspective and reminds us that, oh, it's not going to be like this forever, whether you want it to be or not. Right. And so there are some really wonderful ways to take advantage of these seasons, to learn and to grow and to strengthen your family from these experiences. Mm. We're going to end right there because that was so well said. So let's put the baby to bed. All right. Please take a minute to rate, review, comment, leave us some feedback or love. We'll take whatever you have for us because we love you and appreciate you. Be a friend to everyone. Love my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through puberty too. Bye. <laughs> On that note. <laughs>